I just touched his live right now. So we're going to listen to that. Just uploaded that to YouTube shorts. 11,780 votes. Okay, live right now. Here we go. Trump finally faces justice. You really want to lose belly fat? You must uh, yo, stop running. Fat off. or Mitch? Stop running on the treadmill every single day. Faces justice in most important legal week. And arraigned this week nah, in Manhattan. Now Music that the indictment my ears. has been unsealed and the statement of facts facts released were arraigned this week in Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Now that the <laughs> Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Now that the Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in yeah. Manhattan. Now that the Trump was okay. arrested. Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Music to my ears. Donald Trump was arrested <laughs> and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Music to my ears. Donald Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Music to my ears. Trump was if you believe in justice, lock Trump up. Arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in Manhattan. Trump was arrested and arraigned this week in there any surprises what happens next and how did donald trump and the just uh okay okay all right try again week in manhattan now that the indictment has been unsealed and the statement of facts released were there any surprises what happens next and how did Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans respond? 
like you probably expected they would, despicably. We will discuss. Special counsel Jack Smith had some big wins this week in his criminal investigation into Donald Trump. Former Vice President Mike Pence announced he would not be appealing a federal court order requiring his testimony before the Washington, D.C. grand jury. And the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals denied Donald Trump's appeal trying to block the testimony of his other former top aides under executive privilege and some other big wins by Jack Smith that we will discuss on this episode of Legal AF. Another major ruling was handed down by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals this week. The Court of Appeals reversed federal judge Carl Nichols, a Trump appointee's prior order, holding that the obstruction of official proceeding count could not be filed against January 6th insurrectionists, except in the narrowest of circumstances. This ruling by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals confirms that federal prosecutors can bring this very powerful obstruction of an official proceeding charge um, and that the prior convictions of these charges will not be overturned, which could spell big trouble for Donald Trump as well. We will discuss. Speaking of Trump judges, a Trump judge, and I should add a man from the Northern District of Texas, issued a disgusting order on Friday blocking the FDA's approval of Mifepristone, the very safe abortion pill. And in the ruling, this Trump-appointed man judge said, Pregnancy is not dangerous. It's a normal physiological function that should not be subject to the administrative rule procedures from the year 2000. And within almost minutes, though, of that ruling, another judge, a judge in the state of Washington, who was appointed by President Obama, uh, made a conflicting ruling, compelling the FDA to keep its authorization for this very safe drug. What are the implications for these dueling orders? We will discuss. And finally, right-wing Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was exposed engaging in what could only be called despicable criminal conduct in a bombshell report by ProPublica. Um, he was caught taking millions of dollars in gifts over the course of many decades from a right-wing donor. We're talking about private jet flights. We're talking about trips on super yachts. We're talking about luxury vacations every single summer, partying with leaders of the Federalist Society. So what happens next there? What can be done? We will discuss that as well here on Legal AF. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Popa. Michael Popak, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What an introduction. And uh, got a lot to cover, but because I follow some of the social media, I made in honor of Tim Russert <laughs> a whiteboard, which I posted on my social media. This just keeps track of, we're going to need a bigger board, but this is just where we are with Donald Trump so far. We're going to talk about number one, Manhattan DA indictment already happened. We're going to talk about Fulton County, Georgia. Which we expect to be an indictment in May. Three is Jack Smith and all his grand juries in the District of Columbia. Four is E. Jean Carroll civil rape case, federal court in New York, that's going to trial on April the 25th. 
five as a New York Attorney General, $250 million civil fraud case going to trial in New York State Court on October the 2nd, and then at least two other major civil cases against Donald Trump involving Brian Sicknick, the former Capitol Police officer, and his family under the KKK Act, and a civil fraud case involving things that Donald Trump and his family did when they were on The Celebrity Apprentice to sell video phones that was a fraud that's also going against him. This is what this guy has to wake up every day and think about and look at. Yeah, you know, people were saying the wheels of justice, we talked about it, they move slower than sometimes we would like, but as we've been keeping the legal AFers informed about, they have been moving, you know, it's something that's not on that board as well, because it doesn't directly relate to Trump, although it indirectly relates to Trump. Jury selection starts next week in Dominion's 1.6 billion-dollar defamation case against Fox, right? April 13th will be the first day of jury selection there. We will, of course, be covering that on Legal AF. There, Rupert Murdoch tried to avoid testifying at trial in this past week. The judge says, I ain't gonna quash that if uh, Dominion wants Rupert Murdoch to testify and Lachlan Murdoch. They are going to testify. A very historic week indeed. Um, Donald Trump was arrested and he was arraigned. Finally, finally, there should be no one above the law. And this week demonstrated that very basic principle. There's nothing politicized about what Alvin Bragg did. What was politicized was the fact that for decades, decades, and decades, Donald Trump was not brought to justice, that he got away with it, that the Republicans gave him political cover. And by the way, following his arrest, following his arraignment, um, leading up to it, the MAGA Republicans continued to do that, right? You have the House Judiciary Committee, the House Oversight Committee. You've got Jim Jordan, who's not even a licensed lawyer, who just like rolls up his sleeves and just starts yelling and screaming on TV about a bunch of nonsense. And James Comer, the head of the Oversight Committee, also not a lawyer. So two not licensed lawyers, although Jim Jordan at least went to law school, but two non-licensed lawyers continue to try to interfere. And by the way, I believe their conduct is criminal. Try to interfere with Alvin Bragg's now criminal case against Donald Trump. They subpoenaed Mark Pomerantz, who used to be an assistant special uh, DA under Cy Vance and who resigned under Alvin Bragg. They want Pomerantz to testify. They just subpoenaed Matt Colangelo, uh, who was a former DOJ official, top DOJ official, former official at the Attorney General's office as well in New York and is a uh, deputy now as well uh, within the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So they want to subpoena all of the people who work for Alvin Bragg, and Alvin Bragg just issued a response saying, you'd better serve your constituents if like, you focused on real issues and stopped criminally interfering with the investigations that we're doing, and now a criminal case. This is an unprecedented effort by you to try to politicize and interfere with this. We prosecute falsifying business record cases every single 
day here. And so that was some of the fallout. But Popak, why don't you go over, just, just, were there any surprises to you in the way the arrest went down, the way the arraignment went down, what you saw in the indictment? Yeah. Maybe just talk about the indictment briefly as well. And, and any surprises other than when the police officer, when Donald Trump was exiting after he got arrested and fingerprinted, just uh, didn't hold the door for him and just let the door slam on, on, on Donald Trump? Any well, other surprises? Yeah, welcome to New York, um, Trump. Yeah, a few that have come out, including some reporting. We got a transcript now, about 34 pages of what actually happened in the arraignment room, the courtroom with Judge Mershon. You and I, and your brothers and Karen and others, we were we were commentating, but we were getting a feed report from what was going on in the room. Um, and now we know what happened in that room, and I want to describe that as well. Um, starts at the beginning when they booked him. Um, they asked Trump what his profession was, and you would have thought as much time as he spends calling himself the president at 45, um, he responded that he, he didn't say uh, former president of the United States, president of the United States, he said businessman. He was already back, already back to being just a, just a businessman, and then he gave his height and weight, six foot, six foot two and 240 pounds. So he, sh he got back to where he needed to be. Supposedly, he tells people he's 6'3". I think on his, on his uh, mugshot that he's using for, for uh, grifting, for fundraising, it lists him as 6'5". So, but that's not true. So then he goes into the courtroom, and we have to contrast Donald Trump before he got into the courtroom, social truthing all along, um, and attacking the presiding judge, Judge Rashawn, as a Trump-hating Democrat judge and family and all of that, and the attacks on Alvin Bragg, you literally a photo of him with a baseball bat trying to brain Alvin, Alvin Bragg before he got in the courtroom, with what transpired in that 34 minutes or, or so in the courtroom, and then what he did in Mar-a-Lago, because in the courtroom, he was a small, little, whimpering man who just sat with hands folded, looking forlorn and angry at times, who didn't say anything at all. He shuffled papers. You got Joe, here's the picture we put up for those that are watching, and I'll describe it. You've got in the first chair, the new lawyer he's hired, Todd Blanche. He's, at, he's what we call the first chair lawyer. He'll probably be the lead trial lawyer for most of what's going on. Next to him, Susan Necklace, who lost his Trump organization or Trump cases against the Manhattan DA for 17 counts of felony fraud back in December. Then Donald Trump, then Joe Tacopina, he's got the seat usually reserved by a third level associate who has to sit on a witness or sit on a client and just keep him busy. He's not really having a major role. And then you've got this, the current Michael Cohen for um, Donald Trump. What I mean by that is the in-house consigliere Boris Epstein, who he himself has had his own phone picked up by the feds. Um, because he's part of a criminal investigation by Jack Smith. He also brought Todd Blanche, the new lawyer, to the, to the, to the game because he had represented, represents Boris Epstein. So that's the Motley crew that's sitting there. But the reporting from in the room is that other than one comment, uh, two comments that Donald Trump made, they were the following. Do you plead guilty or not guilty to the charges? Um, the, 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 the judge having kicked it off with, let's get to the arraignment of of Mr. Trump. That's how he kicked it off. How do you plead? He said not guilty. At the end, the judge, after listening to Chris Conroy for the Manhattan DA's office, um, after reading the indictment, say, there's, um, we're worried about Mr. Trump 
and his attacks on prosecutors, prosecutors' oh. families, the impact on the jury, the impact right on now. the What's city the at large, and having listened to that, the judge said, look, oh. um, First Amendment is important. He's got the right to speak. But he looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. And I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. But he also lectured. You are president. not allowed to incite. public disorder uh, violence and public disorder I can throw it. How about throwing it? Criminal, treat Trump like any other criminal, and uh, suspend the whole entire fucking party. <laughs> Elections. Christopher Prez. Okay. 
Okay. So I've actually already heard this. Because this is 15 hours ago. Trump wasn't happy about it. So and he said, live. if you are disruptive in my courtroom, in other words, I'm in charge, not you. I will have no problem removing you from this courtroom. Do you understand that? And Trump said, yes. And his office, um, after reading the indictment, say there's a... Uh, a couple of times, you are not allowed to incite. Um, First Amendment is important. He's got the right to speak, but he looked. Watch it back here. Uh, yeah. Looked at Trump and said, "You are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder." And I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. But he also lectured the president. I'm sure. Trump, the former president, I'm sure Trump wasn't happy about it, and he said, if you are disruptive in my courtroom, in other words, I'm in charge, not you, I will have no problem removing you from this courtroom. Do you understand that? And Trump said, yes. And, and I want you back in December, um, and we'll talk about the December date in a minute, which is the, new t- the next time they'll all be back in front of the courtroom. Doesn't mean the next time anything's going to happen in the case. It's the next time they'll be together in the courtroom, and I'll talk about why it's December or why I think it's December. The December date in a minute. He looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. You are not allowed to incite. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. But he also lectured the president, I'm sure. To. Former president, I'm sure Trump wasn't. about it and he said if you are disruptive in my courtroom in other words i'm in charge not you i will have no problem removing you from this courtroom do you understand that and trump said yes and and i want you back in december um and we'll talk about the december date in a minute looked at trump and said you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder and I'm going to watch you carefully. I'm not going to put a gag order in place now. But he also lectured the president. I'm sure Trump, the former president, I'm sure Trump wasn't happy about it. And he said, if you are disruptive in my courtroom, in other words, I'm in charge, not you. I will have no problem removing you from this courtroom. Do you understand that? And Trump said, yes. And, and I want you back in December. Um, and we'll talk about the December date in a minute. Looked at Trump and said, you are not allowed to incite civil disobedience and civil disorder. And, and I want you back in December. Um, and we'll talk about the December date in a minute, which is the new t- the next time they'll all be back in front of the courtroom. Ah. Doesn't mean the next time. It-
Christopher Perez. Okay, so this says, this tweet says, oh, it's perfectly enough characters. It says, judge threatened gag order and removing Trump from courtroom if he continues inciting violence. I say don't threaten me with a good time. Lock the motherfucker up and suspend the entire Republican Party for cheating in elections. Duh. Hashtag Christopher Perez. Breaking. <clears throat> okay. It's time I'm anything's going to happen arrived. in the case. It's the next time they'll be together in the courtroom, and I'll talk about why it's December or why I think it's December. But he said, Okay, uh, yeah, we've already heard this, so unfortunately. So, um, how about. Uh, they're live on Facebook. They're live on Facebook. Okay. Mm. Midas Touch. I'm going to post this reel. Yeah, okay, I'm totally checking you out right now. No, not over there to the right, straight across. No, I'm going to the sweet. The sweet? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Um, my, okay, let's go to Midas Touch. Midas Touch, Midas Touch, which is live right now. Midas Touch. We are in a foot. Midas Touch News. Midas Wait. Touch Fan. Oh. What the hell is that shit? Corey Jackson. See all. Midas Touch Videos. Media's, media's Touch. Fuck is that? It, uh, I spelled it wrong. Media's photo touch. <laughs> touch this media. Uh, touch daily. Touch. Treasure touch. <gasps> Sticky. Stop it. Okay. Midas touch. Live right now. Falling. I'm falling. Blaze media. Or the future of our country for our very existence and
Trolling, um, a trolling, um, um, <laughs> trolling the Trumps. Okay, here we go. Um, let's go to... How come it's not showing up live? It showed up live a minute ago. Like when I was doing something else. Live. Where's the live? Um, it's not live. But, uh, it's days ago. That's fucking weird. It's not, it's not showing up. Where's your live thing doing, doing right now? One hour ago, Mike goes most epic rant yet on GOP. Neurologists are shocked. They have found that tinnitus wipes your memory in less than three years. The ear buzzing is literally... Go to lindagram.com and give Donald Trump your money. All right, we can stop this bullshit. <laughs> is Michael Cohen the best or what? I'm Ben Mycellus from the Midas Touch Network, and I also co-host the podcast Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get audio podcasts. During my last uh, episode that I hosted with Michael Cohen, he just gave one of the most epic rants on these GOP losers that I have to share with you. So let me play that clip right now, and then I'll talk to you right after. Play the clip. Well, here's that clip of Lindsey Graham. We just found it. Let's pull it up right now. I'm sorry I'm so upset, but please help President Trump. If you can fi afford five or ten bucks, if you can't afford a dollar, fine. Just pray. Make sure you vote as early as you can in your state. Don't risk anything anymore. Vote as soon as you can. Pray for this country. Pray for this president. And if you got any money to give, give it. LindseyGraham.com, it doesn't go to me. It goes to helping this president and taking back the Senate. Let what a crock of bullshit, right? Send it to lindsaygram.com, but don't worry, the money's not going to me. It's going to Donald. Really? Seriously, Lindsay, do you think that we're all that stupid? That all of a sudden, that he's now going to be shipping off that money to Donald? I mean, how would anybody know exactly how much? Who's going to do a forensic accounting? Let me tell you something. He's another fucking grifter, just like Donald. He's basically looking to grift off the fact that Donald just got indicted. Oh, thank God for Lindsey Graham. Do you remember some of the things that Lindsey Graham used to say about diaper Donald in the past? That he's unhinged, he's a mental case, you know, that he's sick, that he's that he needs to be institutionalized. I mean, these are the this is the shit that Lindsey Graham used to say in the past. Now all of a sudden, you know, fuck all that. Let's just go ahead and let's, you know, let, let's figure out how to grift and how to grab more. Oh, you know, this is terrible what they're doing, and you know, pray, and if you can't pray, just send your money. I mean, go <laughs> fuck yourself, Lindsay. How about that? 
I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you've got to be shitting me, right? This Don't worry about billionaire Donald Trump. He could pay for his own legal fees. He could pay for the repairs on his, on his own 757 plane. I mean, he could pay for... He should be able to pay for all of his own crap instead of taking money out of the pockets of families that don't have the money in order to feed their kids, diaper their kids, or pay their electrical bills. You know, he's asking for money for what? In order to find competent counsel, probably won't represent him anyway, to find counsel in order to represent a guy who has been indicted for, you know, 34 different counts? I mean, come on already. There comes a point where it's stupid. And that's why I keep saying the same thing, which is that I don't believe that Donald raised $7 million. And I don't believe that they'll ever show the documentation to prove it. Because at the end of the day, it's a lie. It's in order to show the American people, oh my God, there's so many people that are so angry and so concerned about what's happening to dear old Donald that they're going ahead and they're sending in their money that in one week we're raising a million dollars a day. I call bullshit on that. All right, I really, I truly do. Um, Yeah, prove it. You know, it's just Donald's way of, again, trying to control the narrative, trying to show how you know, popular he is and how important he is. Think about what happened here in New York. Think about the Marjorie Taylor Greene showing up, the George, you know, Santos, the fucking phony that he is showing up uh, to New York, or Donald, who was hoping that he was going to be like Caesar, you know, coming back, you know, through the gates uh, post, you know, a war and post-victory. Instead, he came to a big goose egg. There were like, what, tens and tens of people. Marjorie Taylor Greene was here a whole two minutes. I wonder how she ended up paying for that trip. George Santos was here the same thing, like two minutes before people booed him the fuck out of, you know, downtown. And they went running for, you know, for their lives. And where did they run back to? Where did Marjorie Taylor Greene run back to? To Mar-a-Lardo, where that night she ended up having dinner it was her donald and matt gates all right why because trump and his deflated ego that baby ego of his needed some air they needed to be pumped up and who better to pump up the deflated ego of diaper donald than marjorie taylor green i mean marjorie toilet green and and matt gates i mean that's just what it is and the rest of it is just nothing but a bunch of bullshit and now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner lomi Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. I've actually heard this too, but... It's really good stuff. It's it's a blow-me, not low-me. And now, back to the video. Put a dry towel in the dryer with wet clothes. Here's why. Why would you put a dry towel in the dryer with wet clothes? Remember when Lindsey Graham was on the uh, floor uh, right around, I think, the insurrection and said, uh, count me out? I I, I think we have this clip. Let's play. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough (laughs) is enough. (laughs) DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money to fight this bullshit. This is going to destroy America. (laughs) <laughs> you compare and contrast. I mean, you know, it, that you know, is the one of the... com and give Donald Trump your money. All right. We can stop this bullshit. Right. Let me tell you something. 
He's nothing but bullshit. He's a sham. It's disgraceful what's going on in our Congress right now. It's disgraceful um, when you see things like, you know, Lindsey Graham coming on television and begging for money like he was a televangelist in the old days. I know they compared him at one point in time. I forget who the televangelist, maybe it was uh, 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 Baker, right? And they, they did it side by side with the exact same language that, uh, you know, that, he, that Baker used, uh, that Lindsey Graham is now using. Then you see this unfortunate uh, subcommittee on government weaponization, the fighting that's going on there. The fact that government really doesn't want the truth. Members of Congress like Jim Jordan, he does not want the truth. Now I understand that Jim Jordan is going to subpoena Mark Pomerantz to come in and testify. Not really sure what you expect out of that one, other than some more bashing <laughs> of, another, of another individual so that the Republicans can get their rocks off and that they can go ahead and figure out how to use it for some more campaign ads and so on. It's become a total fucking joke. It's become a freak show, to be honest with you, when you have the likes of a George Santos that will tell you, you know, that he's just raised off of this $250 billion for his campaign. I mean, there's nothing that comes out of this guy's mouth that is truthful. He's an embarrassment, not just to New Yorkers, but he's an embarrassment to Congress. He's an embarrassment to the country. And he's not the only one. There's a whole slew of them that are out there promoting lies and the misinformation, the disinformation, the malinformation. They don't want the truth. And that's why brigaders, I don't know, I say it every time and I have to say it again. We all need to continue to grow this platform. We need to grow this platform so that as a as a voting block, we get rid of these pieces of shit once and for all. And look, again, I don't care if you're a Republican. I truly don't. I don't care if you will only vote Republican so long as if you're going down the entire line of Republicans when you're voting and you see someone like George Santos vote for someone else because that's not who you want to represent you. You don't want Marjorie Taylor, Marjorie Toilet Green, or, you know, even this Ron DeSantis. You, we don't need people like this. People who want to stifle your liberties for what? For themselves and these beggars. You know, they, it's not like they're doing anything for anyone. The only thing they're doing is getting out there. They're defending, like I said, a twice impeached now indicted former president and asking you to take your money and give it to them instead of keeping it for yourself you're now going to support all right the illegal actions of a billionaire that makes perfect sense to me i just whatever i watch that clip I just had to share with you. I mean, Cohen is so brilliant. His impressions are so on point, and I just thoroughly enjoy hosting that show with him. So just remember, hit subscribe on our YouTube right now. Uh, we're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Wherever you get audio podcasts, just search Political Beatdown and make sure you subscribe there. You can check out, out our Midas Touch Patreon site by going to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Check us out there as well. And, uh, yeah, 
subscribe to the YouTube channel. It was so good. All right. I'm Ben Myself from the Midas Touch Network. Until next time, have a great day. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. This trick to get gas for a penny is going to get banned in Canada. This ex-programmer got fired from his job at a German car manufacturer after exposing a software bug in the fuel management system of all cars built after 1996. Christian worked in the ecology department, where his job was to make cars more environmentally friendly. But while working on ways to improve gas mileage, he discovered most cars were configured in a way that causes the engine to consume more fuel than it really needs. When Christian shared his findings with his manager, he was expecting a big All right, now we've got the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Thanks so much for coming on. It's great to be with you. Now, you visited students in New College in Florida. That is the epicenter of Governor Ron DeSantis' efforts to reshape the state in his conservative mold. How are the students viewing this pretty blatant conservative indoctrination? Well, I mean, that's exactly what it is. They want to bring us back to a pre-1960s world, period, full stop. And you hear that loudly and clearly from faculty, staff, you hear it loudly and clearly from community leaders that we met with, not just the students themselves. They feel under assault. They feel anxious. I want to and ask him how he could have dated Kimberly Gargoyle. Just dealing with what they have to deal with every single day as being a young student just trying to learn. Yeah, uh, they have parents in some cases that want them back home because they don't want them to be part of this fight. Others are doubting that they have the resilience and strength. Gag. To be part of this fight. Yet all of them. Married. No, fucking married. No, married. Fucking married. Married. Ew. 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 Make no mistake, that's what this is about, period, full stop. This is a full-on assault of higher education for academic freedom, and this is about reshaping higher education, which many of these guys like DeSantis think is some damn establishment plot that needs to be down. Yeah. You know, the irony isn't lost on me either that... Uh, that this comes Kimberly from a party that keeps, uh, accusing everybody else of being boomers, and now they're yeah. trying to literally find young people wherever they can and just kind of indoctrinate them in their conservative worldview. I mean, remember that the, the ex-Republican Speaker of the House is the one dictating the terms now at New College. I mean, they don't even make any pretense. They say they want to make in mold and model. They've said this clearly, openly. Again, no one's hiding it. They want this to be the Hillsdale of the South. They want to create a Christian community here. I mean, it, 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 they've got all these national folks behind them, and they've decided to take it because they're bullies. The one thing Ron DeSantis hasn't come every literally think about it. Every single thing this guy does, he does with intention because he's a weak guy masquerading as if he's a strong guy. So he takes on Just the like most Trump. vulnerable consistently. A seven hundred person 
college. He takes on, he has to find migrants in another state. I mean, just think about it. He goes to another state to find migrants under false pretense and sends them to an island. Hazer. He decides to have his own police force and go out and arrest people uh, early in the morning in their underwear uh, because they filled out the wrong form. Everything this guy does going after the LGBTQ community, going after, even trying to take, I mean, everything this guy does has that in common, trying to humiliate, trying to bully other people. And this is consequential, though, because if he's successful here, will have an impact and reverberate in other states and other institutions. And as a guy that you know, runs the UC system and the CSU Board of Trustees, the greater conveyor belt for talent of public education, higher learning, anywhere on the globe, this is a serious, serious moment. And that's why I'm here to call it out and all of academia should be calling this out. Yeah, I think that's perfectly put. Building on exactly that, uh, we just had a shooting in Nashville where three Young kids, nine-year-olds, uh, were killed there. Days later, Ron DeSantis would quietly loosen gun laws in his state. Can I have your response to that? It makes you sick to your stomach. Talk about, again, weakness masquerading strength. He didn't even do a public event. Because he knows that it's not only, I mean, overwhelming majority of people that he claims to represent in this freedom-loving state. I think this is shit crazy. And the idea, regardless of any background, any issues, I mean, anything, you don't have any training, you don't have any background, anyone walk in with concealed carry gun, anywhere from God, I mean, he's, this is insane. And as you suggest, the insanity only underscored and punctuated by the fact we had yet another shooting of three beautiful nine-year-olds just gunned down by these weapons of war, these platforms of mass destruction in states that don't even have the courage to have red flag laws that cut mental health, that cut programs to address the issues of crime and violence, that don't have the courage of suggesting that this was not the founding father's vision, as though there were their muskets going like this to shoot one bullet indiscriminately now to have these weapons of war as we saw 150 plus rounds in a matter of minutes taking people's heads off so they can't even get DNA. Now all they need DNA analysis to be able to identify these young beautiful children. It's sickening what's happening. Ron DeSantis is probably the most effective communicator in this place, but he's not the only Republican governor that's advancing these principles, but he did it again uh, in a shameful way behind closed doors with the NRA behind him doing something that is absolutely inconsistent with protecting the freedoms and liberties of the people of the state of Florida. You know, you've been one of the only people in the Democratic Party who's been able to effectively call out uh, the violent crime rates in, in, these, in these red states, despite these red state politicians uh, basically just calling out blue states as if, it's, as if crime is just a problem here. Uh, can you speak on that issue for a moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm in a state that's 28% higher uh, murder rate in the state of California. I'm here in the freedom-loving state of Florida. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Eight of the top 10 murder states in terms of uh, increase in murder rates are all red states. By the way, seven of the top 10 dependent states are those same states with lower life expectancy, higher infant mortality, maternal mortality, some of the worst health outcomes in the country. 
I mean, how the Democrats, look at their GDP rate, 60 plus percent of the GDP in this country are blue states. How are we losing these debates? Yeah, how are we losing these debates? We gotta go on the offense. We can't continue to be on the defense and nor can we continue to focus exclusively, I say with love and respect, just on Washington, D.C. It's the United States of America and there's 25, 26 states where people are in real peril of their rights being rolled back in real time, their liberties, their freedoms, it's happening. Time to pay more attention. To that point, you have been out in Arkansas, in Mississippi, in Alabama, so uh, not exactly these liberal bastions out here in the country, but you've got this new PAC, the Campaign for Democracy. What's the goal with this? By the way, they were liberal bastions, don't forget, not that many years ago. Do you know in every one of those states, you had Democratic leadership in, in, in their Senate or their equivalent of their assemblies? Yeah. We had a president in Arkansas <laughs> up, up to 2010. We were in the majority. I met with all the Democratic caucus in, in both the lower and upper house in Alabama. They were reminding me they were still all there. They were the majority. They said just 15 years ago. And they're like, thank you for not giving up on us. You know, there, there are a lot more of us than there are of them. Our party is not focusing on these states. And so that's why I intentionally went to Jackson, Mississippi and met with the young and remarkable a mayor who's under full-on assault by their state government that's trying to take over everything in there, and they can't even solve for their water issues. They're selling fear and anxiety around crime and immigration, but total calm and indifference about safe and basic access to drinking water. And the fact that we were in Mississippi is now lost on you and me, because I also then went to Arkansas, uh, where we went in in places. Uh, like Little Rock, that also had these extreme weather events, these tornadoes tearing the communities asunder. And, and so it's not just our politics, it's also what's happening with Mother Nature, and they sell, again, common indifference when it comes to climate change. But it's wow. very frustrating. In Little Rock, like as you Mother said, we have a president there, but we have some remarkable local leaders and mayors and, and, and state representatives that, that they haven't given up yet, and I don't think our party should. So I'm just trying to highlight a little of that of course, Alabama, man, I, I was there. We went to Dr. King's house where he was pastor for six years on his 55th anniversary yeah. of his assassination. I was with Brian Stevenson. Oh my gosh, Brian Stevenson at the Legacy Museum. It's just, it's, oh my, I, it was to drop everything. Oh, go to Alabama, go to the Legacy Museum. Alabama. I went to Rosa Parks Museum. And, was reminded I had my four kids, no textbook would have me this. It wasn't that she just said no. It's everything she did and everybody did. 382 days during that Montgomery bus boycott. That's the real lesson there. And that was a lesson I was trying to talk to the kids here. It's not just standing up in terms of the impact of what's happening in New College. It's the hard work that we have to do to create a movement around this change. And I love these guys. Okay, they, they haven't gotten the memo that it's over. They haven't gotten the memo that, that Tucker Carlson's trying to shove down our throats every single day and the anger industry that is Fox and One American News and Newsmax. The anger and industry, And that gives me some yeah. confidence, man, that we can figure this stuff out. I mean it. I'm, like, so excited about what we're capable of doing if we just don't give up on anybody, don't give up on these states. Yeah, and I think that's underscored, by the way, by the fact that we just saw, you know, the Wisconsin Supreme Court go uh, get flipped from from uh, red to blue, and we're watching, you know, these states where these Republicans traffic solely in extremism and just kind of 
shoot themselves in the foot because people people don't want it. And I don't know how many times Americans had to tell these politicians that they don't want it. They, they, they did it in 2018, 2020, 2022, and nothing's changing. They keep selling the same product. People keep refusing it. But, you know, don't uh, don't interrupt your enemy while they're making a mistake, I guess. Uh, and I agree, by the way, I 100% agree with you. And we also should be mindful how successful they are at the same time. And what I mean by that, maybe not through the prism of a national lens and not through the prism, obviously, the situational lens as it relates to the wonderful victory of the Supreme Court yesterday in Wisconsin, but they are rolling back rights in real time on voting rights, on civil rights, LGBTQ rights. They're rolling back rights on abortion. They're rolling back rights on contraception. And they're doing it state after state. It's a full-on assault. These bathroom bills, the othering, the us versus them mentality, the trans community, the obsession with drag shows. And they're winning and they're scaring people into submission. And there's a hierarchy, a framework of power and dominance and aggression that they're advancing. And again, they're winning in these states. And they're also trying to nationalize these wins with the you know, judge shopping in Amarillo, Texas, judge shopping down in San Diego, California, where we have a judge, Judge Benitez, who's likely going to throw out our assault weapons ban, obviously with the MIPI drug and the impacts that could have on medical abortion. So you're 100% right. Prism to which I see the world is not always top down. It's also yeah. bottom up. And Dobbs obviously helped us in the midterms, but I hope we don't get lulled into some semi-conscious, uh, well, you know, semi-confidence where we we lose consciousness of this rights regression that is happening across our country. You know, you're in these red areas. I don't know how much you've gotten to speak to. Republican voters or Republican constituents, but I guess my question would be, if you are, how are they reconciling their allegiance to their political party, which in many ways is their identity, right, with a recognition, perhaps, that, that their party is sliding full tilt into, you know, authoritarianism? Full on, functionally authoritarian. That was exactly, it was the exact words, not your words, not my words, that we heard from these students. By the way, one of those students answered that question for you. Uh, she said, I asked, how are your parents doing about all this? And someone who was very timid, one of the last people to speak, she raised her hand, she goes, oh, my parents love Ron DeSantis. They want me to leave the school because they can't believe this is happening. And, and she said it's the first time they had to square at reality. They like this guy and they're like, wait, this is not good for you. It's creating a culture, creating anxiety. We sent you there for academic freedom, self-directed education, for all the creativity that that kind of freedom, academic freedom provides and the critical thinking. And they want her to leave. And so I think they're overplaying their hand. I know they're overplaying their hand. And I guess that goes to your earlier point. You know, if your enemy's screwing up, just get out of the way. I get it. But there's so much damage they're doing. There's so much vandalism to our rights and freedoms and liberties they're doing along the way. And that's why I'm on my way, you know, to continue this red state tour to continue to call this stuff out because I, I really feel the Republican Party, if they've done one thing effectively over the course of the last few decades, man, they're, they're, there's a, they, have, they have built institutions. They've built muscle memory. They've built bands and all this stuff. This didn't happen by chance. I mean, these guys are organized. And by the way, this whole new college thing, this is a national organized effort. 
they've been building for this. They were looking for a pawn. They were looking for a target that they want to export. Democrats, we do a little of that. We so fall in love so quickly. Guy got on the white horse to save the day. We're like, oh, there. We're like puppy dog, you know. Like, and then it's like, ah. Oh. And then we, we, we stop doing the hard work. And that's why I think it's really important. Bottom up, not just top down. And that was Obama's campaign, wasn't it? All these 35,000 self-organizing communities. Change starts bottom up. Yes, we can. And that campaign mindset, we need to get into how we govern. And that's hard. I'm struggling with that as governor as well. But that's also functionally what I'm trying to focus our efforts on. Governor Newsom, what have you learned about the country during these stops? But, uh, the fear and the anxiety and cynicism that so many of us have, you want the antidote? Just go local, man. Stand on your head, go local. Just incredible things you've seen at the local level. I mean, I'm in Bentonville, I'm in Montgomery, I'm in Jackson, I'm, I'm in the deep south. I come back inspired, enlivened. I mean, like, I'm here in Sarasota, Florida. I'm literally at the library in Sarasota, Florida, right next to New College. Just met with these kids. To win? HMU. I'm like coming back. I'm like so excited. And I like, I get to be governor. I get to do my job. I'm so much better person, I think, because of this experience. And because and, and I feel a deeper sense of accountability, responsibility. Mm. We're not victims. We could shape the future. Not victims. I heard that there was an active. Michael Cohen, Maya Copa, and, 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 Gavin and Newsom. It's just we're not Brian Tyler like, Cohen. Oh and then she got in my face. Trump going to fucking jail. Conditions that determine our fate. future. I'm like, yes. And then I'm like all pumped up and all these Democrats. And we're like, yes. And it wasn't fake, man. It's not fake. It's real. And as long as those people are out there and we say to them, you matter, we have your back. And we can inspire more of that. And you know, I'm just, I didn't get the memo. I ain't giving up yet. I ain't giving up. Are people receptive to you out there? Because you're, you're the governor of the biggest, bluest state in the country. You're like the the king of the evil communist Marxist leftists, you know? So like, how do people how do people respond to you out there? I'm also the governor of one of the largest rural state in America. I'm also the go governor of the, the biggest agricultural state in America with more hunting jobs, with more fishing jobs, with more forestry jobs than any other state in America. I'm also the governor of the biggest manufacturing state Gavin Newsom.
Um, How is it that they, um, hmm. George, um, 